0: Warning, this 11th installment of Spire Can Review Podcast's Bond Marathon will contain adult language, mature situation, stolen spaceships, unconvincing scientist Bond girls, poison derived from a South American plant, Star Wars-inspired space battles, lame villains who copy two other villains' plans, the return of a great henchman, and lasers that don't go, boo, boo. Listener discretion is advised. Motion Picture Review, James Bond, 007, Moonraker. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Sparkin' Review Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. Konichiwa, aloha, bon giorno, and what's up?
1: Hey, I'm Greta.
0: And we are back again for another installment of our recent awesome review series, the bond or the Bond Marathon, where we talk about the 24 James Bond films leading up to No Time to Die. And it's been quite a wild ride. We are almost halfway through the series. We've got two more episodes, and we are at the halfway point. Isn't it exciting?
1: Hooray!
0: And we've gone through so many Bonds. We've gone through three Bonds already. That's half of this series, I think. because there's six James Bonds, unless you count the other two, but we don't talk no, about no, those two. No, no, no.
1: There's only one James Bond.
0: Well, you could argue that they are different people with the same moniker, but that's that's a conspiracy theory for another day. Because so far, we've proven that it's the same bond at this point. It's been the same bond.
1: No, because remember, what's his name, said on the beach, the other guy never had this problem.
0: But he was doing that to be tongue-in-cheek. He wasn't doing that to be... Mm-hmm. Because then, next time, Sean Connery was going after people for killing Tracy, so therefore he's the same bond. But, again, we digress. Remember, you can check out any of our earlier episodes at
1: www.spirakin.com
0: We're also on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and various other social media sites. Just type in S-P-I-R-A-K-N. I guarantee you'll find us one way or the other. Also, if you want to do something kind of cool, you can follow us on there. Like us. On Instagram, we've been showing all the manga we've been reviewing lately. Even though some of them I really don't want to show because they're horrible series, but whatever. So add us and like us. And if you see us at a convention, remember to... Say hi. Say hi. And if you're following us on Instagram... Double click. Yes, do that. And also... And just to remind everyone who does not listen to just the manga review, remember, in exactly a month and a week's time, I will be a feature panelist at Anime Boston, with not one, not two, not three, but six or seven panels. I can't remember how many panels I have, but I have a bunch. Go to them, check them out, and also, to quote film critic Jay Sherman, buy my book! Because we will be releasing the book which I've been talking about, and I'll give you more information about that in the next episode, but... We're not here to listen to me to pimp out myself, or pimp out us. We're here to listen to us talk about Bond.
2: James Bond.
0: James Bond. And specifically, the 11th film in the Eon James Bond series. And this is the fourth film to star Roger Moore. It's also the third film to be directed by Lewis Gilbert. It's also his last film. So this is the last one that's going to have that kind of Roger Moore's a competent... Spy that's also dangerous and charming and has a good intuition. He is not a comical idiot or a foil or just a misogynistic pervert. He's his own Bond. This is the last one that's going to have that. So this is kind of the downhill at this point. So this is produced by everyone's favorite person.
1: Albert Broccoli.
0: Yes, so officially no more Staltzman. We don't have to worry about that. And the funny part was, if you watch The Spy Who Loved Me, that movie ends with James Bond returning... In For Your Eyes Only. And is this For Your Eyes Only?
1: No, it is not.
0: It was totally a mix-up because originally Ian Fleming wanted this to be the first film.
1: However, James Bond will return in For Your Eyes Only. It's just not the next one.
0: Yeah, the reason why that this happened was because in 1977, a little film came out that was really popular. You know, it involved... Uh, Heroes, villains, a mysterious being wearing a black mask, these swords that went wo, wom, and guns that went. Psh, psh.
1: Or they went pew, pew, pew pew.
0: Yes, because of Star Wars, they decided to go with the sci-fi themed Moonraker, which which they decided instead of actually following the book plot from the 1954 book by Ian Fleming, they said, you know what? We're gonna take the villain. Hugo Drax. And we're going to take the name and that's all we're going to use. This actually ends up leading to the novelization being called James Bond and Moonraker, not James Bond Moonraker because the original story is completely different, but it leads to a kind of weird trippy well thing going on. And but I've got to say that this film has a really great list of actors in it just going backwards. We have Walter Gattell returning from the last two movies as General Gogol, the head of the KGB. You have uh, Blanche Ravalik playing Dolly. Now, that was a, she was an interesting choice because her thing is to not talk, smile, and have pigtails and be really short. And she fit. She wasn't a midget, though. I don't think she was like, what do you think, 5'3"? Uh,
1: I don't know. It's hard to tell. She's short, but she's definitely not a midget.
0: But compared to her her friend, she is very short.
1: She's
0: tiny. But see, but why do you think that the villain would have gotten rid of her in his massive purge? Do you think she, she was just too short or something else? She was
1: not perfect. Not the quote unquote ideal. Ideal.
0: Okay. Well, you have Arka Bochknov as just blonde beauty who is the villain's lead henchwoman. Really, doesn't have a name, just Blonde Beauty. Whatever. Lois Maxwell is back as manypenny Penny. Yay. You have Bernard Lee back as M. Desmond Llewellyn as Q. You have Toshiro Suga, who is ironically the director's martial arts instructor, is playing Chang, who is the first major henchman. This is a movie where the villain has one henchman, then when that henchman dies, he outsources to like the henchman Anonymous. So if you've listened for the, the podcast a long time, back in our Die Hard episode, the Most Barker Movie Review, episode 25, we debated about the concept of a henchman like a hotline, or like a, a union where you hire henchmen. You need one goon, two goons, you call them, you get a henchman. This proves that theory is true, because he ends up getting another villain who is his henchman. Who, the villain, is Richard Kiel, returning once again as Jaws.
1: As Jaws, yes.
0: The very large, gargantuan... um...
1: Terrifying, silent.
0: Well, he's not silent in this, but he talks.
1: At the very end. I hope he's not getting paid per word.
0: No, he's not. But it's funny, because this one, the first one, he's actually menacing and scary and... Like, villainous.
1: He's way less scary when he talks.
0: This one, he's not scary, not just because he doesn't talk, but every time something bad happens to him, it's comical. At one point, he's... Well,
1: now it's comical because he can't die. He fell out of a plane. He, like, felt like a building falls on him. There's an explosion. He just keeps showing up. And that's James Bond joke in the thing is he'll survive.
0: The, the best part is he he survives out of a, of a, of a spaceship flying out of out of outer space into Earth, survives that. But the best part is that at one point he's menacing someone, going to kill them, and then he gets carried away in a parade. And he's kind of at first, like, really angry about it, but then he just kind of shrugs and is like, I'm going with it. He's
1: like, I'm just going to dance.
0: Yes. Uh, you have... You, Emily Bolton playing Manula, who is uh, 007's contact in Rio. She's another Bond girl. Not bad. She doesn't die, surprisingly. You have Jeffrey Keane returning as Frederick Gray, the pencil pusher for the British uh, Ministry of Defense. This is the guy that we talked about in the last movie who his job is essentially to yell at M for everything Bond does and tell him, He's essentially the chief who's like, you're out of order. You're suspended for a month. That's his job.
1: You total the car.
0: Yeah. You have Corrine Clary playing Corrine Dufour, the villain's personal pilot. Now, that's kind of lame when you do that, when you have an actor who his character is named after themselves. That's just kind of like, you can't act out of that range. You have to use your real name. Like, the movie Peanut Butter Falcon, that makes sense, because the main actor...
1: So wait, his personal pilot, the pretty hot girl...
0: Has the same name as herself. Her real name.
1: That's because she was probably originally unnamed. And then they just went, "Ah, oh, she needs a name.
0: But my point is, it's like...
1: Unimaginative.
0: It's unimaginative. But it's unimaginative, but like I said, the Peanut Butter Falcon movie, it makes sense, because the main actor, he's learning how to be an actor, and he's still not at 100%, so you can't be like calling him Bob when his name is Jeff but this is like...
1: I feel like she would have still answered to something. This, I feel like they just did originally... I feel... My thought on this is maybe she didn't originally have very many lines, so she wasn't going to be credited or have a big role, and I think she did fairly well, so they continued to give her a little line here, a little line there, and then they had to name her after However,
0: that. she had 70 roles before this movie.
1: But do you see what I'm saying? Like, I think
0: I see she, what you're saying, but she had, like, names like... Uh, her first name Corrine, then Charlotte, then Figlia, La Donna, Signorina, Jean, the nanny, Eve, Paschella, The nanny Pina. is not a name. But Boyne is a cheat. It, uh, it just—it's it, kind of a disservice, in my opinion. However, I digress. So you have Lois Chili's. Let's be honest, Lois Chili's. She was in Creepshow 2 as a hit-and-run driver. She was in. One of the versions of The Great Gadsby. She was in Death on the Nile. I don't even know which Death on the Nile. She was in Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. She had... Her job is... So
1: she was in a par- James Bond... Parody. Parody. Uh,
0: she was in L.A. Law. And she is primarily the main Bond girl in this movie with a name of Holly Goodhead. And she's supposed to be a CIA agent and... Astronaut and scientist.
1: Her acting was very one-dimensional.
0: That's a nice way to put it. Um, I think this is. I feel like
1: that would be my level of acting.
0: And note, this is her sixth role—not first role, not second role—sixth role. So that's no, not a. That's not a. It's not a compliment. We have Michael...
1: Oh, I, I didn't mean it to be a compliment. I don't.
0: But we have Michael Lonsdale playing the villainous Hugo Drax. And he is a Frenchman who's speaking English and just sounds very... It
1: doesn't come off as a Frenchman speaking English. His English accent, I thought, was really great. It makes it look visually like he almost has a little bit of a speech impediment his mouth moves in a different way
0: he's not dubbed over no no
1: no. i know i'm just saying it his mouth looks like he had a great voice coach or or whatever but his mouth looks like it's there's some kind of like possible list or something
0: yeah it's just compared to some of the other actors like they they fixed their voice in pre they did not do that in this movie and wow Anyway, and finally, returning for, for James Bond, we have Roger Moore.
1: Yay, Roger Moore.
0: So let's get on with the plot, shall we? So this movie opens up in a really cool way where you have a plane going from the United States to Great Britain with an airplane attachment that connects to a uh, spaceship. Yes. Or sorry, space shuttle. And that's kind of crazy. and
1: It's super crazy. But if you're as young as us, you will remember having seen that on the news.
0: And as they're going to Great Britain, these two guys open up the back wearing greaser jackets and they proceed to hijack the space shuttle. And it's like, these guys aren't prepared for it. They're not wearing space helmets. They're just like, hey. Well, they're
1: not launching into space. They're just stealing the thing. And they, they look stupid. Not their clothing or anything, but they look like Look stupid goons. Like, not who you would send to steal a space shuttle.
0: Yeah, it, this is the beginning of some of the complaints where just some of the things are just bad. So these guys steal the ship, kill the people in the plane, and everyone assumes that the plane crashed. And they're trying to find it.
1: Well, to be fair, it's not like a passenger plane. It's not like the 747 was loaded with a whole bunch of people. It's like a small crew. Yes, they die, but it's not like they killed 300 people. They killed, like, four.
0: But the ship disappeared. They're trying to find it. They don't know what happened. So in order to find it, they're going to send James Bond. Well, James, on the other hand, is on a ship making out with a girl on an Apollo jet when suddenly the pilot tries to kill him. And they're getting into a fight because apparently they're going to drug him and they're going to crash the plane because there's only two...
1: Life jacket... Or, uh... Parachutes. Parachutes.
0: And as they're fighting, they're going after it. They're They're fighting. They're fighting. They're fighting. And then as... They're fighting. They end up pushing James out of the out of the plane, and the other guy has the life jacket and jumps out, or the parachute and jumps out, mm-hmm. which leads to a really cool scene of them falling and they're they're um, they're having a fight trying to get who has the because James parachute. Bond
1: doesn't have a parachute, but this other guy does, and the other guy does, and so James catches up to him and tries to fight him and take the parachute off of him to put it on him to survive.
0: And it's cool because you also see that these suits that they're wearing, they're wearing like breakaway suits because you could see that underneath the... Uh, There's
1: like a little vent the in the middle of the back seam and...
0: Yeah, they have parachutes underneath the suit jackets it that they're wearing. It's kind of scary, cool. though. And this is the first time that they actually filmed in... in and I must say... You know, say, as parachuting, they're filming this actually happens. so it's kind of cool. There's and no green screen. is in this. Yes, because after they jump out, suddenly you see out of the back of the plane, Jaws just randomly shows up because he's he shows up
1: during the fight in the plane, and they all end up falling out. Now, here's my thing. Excellent choreographed falling fight. However, the um, stuntmen that they used at times don't look anything like our main characters. Like you can make a lot of like assumptions like like yeah, sure, light brown hair, sure that could be James Bond. But they do our henchman, who's like seven feet tall, as some like Asian guy. This <laughs> is man Like yes. he doesn't look like him at all. He's like two feet shorter.
0: There's other things, toupees, other stuff, but it's a cool fight sequence. It's a which super is cool fight, really fight sequence engaging
1: fight sequence
0: fall sequence fight sequence, fall sequence. Uh, action scene and it ends up where james gets the parachute josh tries to hold on to him jaws falls down but he survives because he lands onto a circus tent but inside the circus tent there's a trapeze net so he lands like double lands and he's fine it's not that the terminal velocity would have knocked him unconscious it's not that the the um the amount of force and inertia that he gained by falling would have caused him to break every bone in his body. No, just ta-da!
1: But he, he, like, falls into the net but you don't see him necessarily actually land in the net or pop out from the net. It goes straight into the opening. Because
0: it shows him fall and spiraling and then...
1: The music plays. And it's
0: Moonraker by Shirley Bassey and, let's be honest, this opening is Garbage! It's just, it's not really space-themed, it's not Bond-themed, it's just kind of like... It's
1: not necessarily garbage, but I did check out during it a little
0: bit. Yeah, I mean, it's like, they could do so much more with it, like making it really cool looking, and it's not a, cool, it's not a good song. I mean, Shirley Bassey does an amazing job with it, but it just, it's... Meh. Yeah. It's probably bottom of the barrel for songs at this point, just because it just... because um, Well, the reason why it's bottom of the barrel is because it was done at the last minute. Because Shirley Bassey wasn't supposed to do this. They originally wanted Frank Sinatra to do this. He said, hell no. They asked Kate Bush. She Frank said, Sinatra hell no. Frank Sinatra
1: would be so awesome. Johnny
0: Mathis said he started to record it, but then he had to leave because he had to do something else. So he said, Shirley, we need help, please. Can you do it a couple of weeks before the premiere and she's like okay and so she recorded it and she doesn't say it's one of her songs she doesn't promote it or you know talk about it and apparently there's two versions of the song and just it's not a it's just not a good song for me
1: it's that all the other Bond movie songs were related somehow to the movie and this one didn't feel related at all
0: 'Cause it's the Moonrakers. in the Moonraker it's the name of the spaceship that was stolen. So that makes sense. No, for-
1: I I caught that, but it was still missing a bigger connection of
0: It just it's not as great as it could be. It's it's it just didn't feel right.
1: It didn't play throughout the movie. There wasn't like other stuff. I don't know.
0: Anyway. So, from here, we get into the thing of James actually showing up at MI6, and he's, and many Penny's like, you're late. Where have you been? And he's, it, he straight up tells her the truth. He's like, I was thrown out of the airplane and had to, to get a parachute. And she's looking at him like, sure. He's like, you don't believe me? And she's like, uh-uh. <laughs> it's like, he's
1: like, no, not even
0: a little bit. It's like, that's what happened. He wasn't lying. So they tell him he has to go to Drax Industries to find out what happened. Drax Industries, they're the ones who made the plane, it's in California. And so he ends up going to this opulent house where he meets Mr. This, Drax.
1: This guy just has more money than what, what he knows what to do with.
0: And it's not even like villain-layer, like, super money. This is just like, you just...
1: He rebuilt this, like, beautiful English home, brick by brick. From somewhere in Europe all the way back into California. In
0: California. For no and, reason. And he's hunting dogs, which they do in California. It's like, no, this is. Whoever wrote this has never been no, to California. They're
1: not hunting dogs. They're, hun- they're hunting and they
0: have They're, hu- they're hunting foxes. This. They're yes. hunting foxes in California. Yes. If you've ever been to California, I don't think there are foxes in California. They're coyotes, but not foxes. It's like magic land.
1: But this guy probably bred them. And then released them.
0: Well, we don't to know. have a hunt. When I also it,
1: thought that they were hunting like quail or something like that. Well,
0: when they first, it might have been quail too, but it just it, that's not native. And it just felt weird. So anyway, he meets the villain Hugo Drax, and he's with two women. Sends them off. Says this is by the is... way,
1: every woman in Hugo Drax's I don't know employment, understanding, whatever. None of them ever wear a bra. Yes, I'm just gonna throw that out there. They're all either duchesses or ladies or anything like that, or, you know, his personal pilot, or... It is
0: 1979.
1: It is 1979. Or they're all astronauts in training or some kind of scientist. No bras were worn if you were somehow related to Drax at all. Yeah. Just saying.
0: And, but, oh, well, he introduced these two, women and immediately you're like, this guy is not a threat. He sounds... Like when you see him, first off, he has a leader skull, meaning leader from, um, from Incredible Hulk. I'm talking about. He has a huge cranium where he has like super forehead, and he's talking weird. He looks like he raided Emilio Largo and Blofeld's wardrobe. He says he has black hair and he has a little pencil mustache like he stole from Snidely Whiplash.
1: He doesn't look like he's the well-bred English gentleman.
0: He doesn't fit at all, and he has a henchman named Chang, who is his manservant, which is kind of cool. And um, they talk about him, saying, you're going to apologize to me for England losing my plane, right? He's like, well, I'm going to try to find it. Let me look around, see what's going on, and i learn more about it. He ends up being the head scientist, Dr. Molly Goodhead, who is the lead scientist. Dr.
1: Molly Goodhead. Or
0: oh, sorry, Holly Goodhead.
1: Holly, okay, Dr. Holly Goodhead. I don't know a lot of... Never mind.
0: Yeah.
1: I have feelings.
0: It's it's bad. It's just bad. So she's going to talk... She's going to teach him how to do things. She takes him to a centrifuge chamber. And she says, why don't you try doing the centrifuge? I don't know about that because they're doing pilot training inside of his mansion. Yeah. Inside... His work is in his mansion. He has a whole facility. Yeah. Just go with it. It's not like everybody else who. Their secret headquarters is somewhere else. And their home is, you know, no. He's going to have everything on premises. Whatever. So you take them to a centrifuge.
1: It's on property.
0: Yeah, which we'll is say. stupid. I don't
1: think it's in the castle, but it's on property. And the
0: deal is that, for those of you who don't know, if you hit 20, um, what is it? It's uh, G forces. G forces. 20 forces, you're going to die. Most people eject that after 12. So or bon- pass out. So Bond is going to be doing this. And as he's preparing to go into this centrifuge machine, goes back to Hugo Drax and he's talking to Chang, his henchman, and he tells him, Look after Mr. Bond. Make sure that some harm comes to him. Maha Which is actually a really cool line for this actor who just Yeah, he's not (laughs) He's not imposed, but that was a great line for a villain. It was like that actually It's a super great line for a villain. It gives you hope for him and then no.
1: Make sure harm comes to him.
0: So, from here, he goes back to James. He's in the machine. It's ready to go. And Chang walks up, talks to Molly Goodhead, says you, the boss wants you. Holly he, Goodhead. He tells the person supervising the machine as it's going along.
1: That he needs to step away.
0: Step away for a minute. And then he proceeds to crank up the G's like no tomorrow. And he disables the um, stop button because they told... He
1: pulled out the cord.
0: They told James, there's a button you have to hold. And if at any time you can't take it anymore, this is the manual shutoff. Let your finger go. It'll yeah,
1: all you have to do is the release power. it. right?
0: And so he disables it. So, oh no, what's James going to do? James is in trouble. He's spinning around going fast. He's slowly starting to pass out. And then he remembers the gadget that he got from Q. And what is this gadget he got? Is it a... Laser, is it a thing? No, it's a new attachment to his watch, which has done everything. This is Senko now. The new attachment to the watch replaces his gun for this movie. He doesn't have a gun in this movie. He has this stupid thing. And what is it? It's a dart launcher that could shoot two darts. Blue ones, which are armor-piercing, and then red ones, which are poisonous, which will kill someone within 30 seconds. So he shoots out because it's almost like a web shooter from Spider-Man. So he ends up shooting out the console, and it turns off because it got shot up. And Dr. Goodhead's like, oh, I didn't know. I'm so sorry. And it's like, are
1: you okay?
0: You should have been paying attention. So he just just pushes her away and kind of stumbles off, meets um, Drax's personal pilot, and he flirts with her, and she ends up helping him find some secret documents.
1: And sleeping with him.
0: Yes. However, when Drax finds out about this, he kills her in a horrific way. However, the good thing is that as this this is the end of his visit, he kills her after Bond leaves. Before Bond leaves, he's, he's hunting quail, as we said earlier, and he has someone in the trees waiting to kill Bond. He's like, hey, listen, you take a the sharp shot. A
1: sharpshooter or something, like, something Before or you leave,
0: take a shot. See if you can shoot one of the birds. It's like, I'm not very good with guns. Oh, don't worry about it. You'll, have, you'll be fine. And then you see Bond. He sees a, a quail. He goes to shoot, he points a certain way, shoots, and he misses the quail. And Drax is like, you missed your shot. And James is like, did I?
1: And then the sharpshooter falls out of the tree.
0: <laughs> and they just look at each other. Because this is like how Miguel Largo and Bond were like, interacting. I know
1: you're a spy, I know you're a bad guy, and they're both trying to secretly kill each other, but neither one does it in front of each other. But
0: this is, he's blatantly trying to do it. And then as he leaves, he ends up finding Kareem, his pilot, and he says that you betrayed me to bond, you're fired. Or I'm terminating your, your release, go. And she's next to a golf cart. She could just get on the golf cart and drive she away. Dro-
1: she, heaven's sakes she, she drove the golf cart to get there. It's not that she was next to it. She drove it to get there. She already knows how it operates. She either has the key or it's still in there.
0: But no, she ends up walking away, running away, while they release dogs to eat her. Which is really horrific.
1: A super horrific. And they were very well-trained dogs.
0: And it's like you give points for, like, this is interesting and it's kind of cool and it gives you good points for it.
1: Well, those girls always die in a horrific kind of... For,
0: but for Drax, it gives him points of being a villain, but then he does stupid things and just kind of negates it. So anyway... With the documents that Bond found, he ends up going to Venice to... A secret lab that Drax made. He bumps into Dr. Good head again. And she's snooping this door by um, this glass factory. Now, fun fact, the door's secret code is the, the five-note sequence from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It's kind of cool. You hear it, you're like, wait, that's from Third Encounters of the Third? But you're like,
1: wait a second, I know that.
0: Turns out that in order to get permission to use that, Broccoli had to make a deal with Steven Spielberg. The deal was they could use his theme whenever they want to, which if you watch the movie The Goonies, they use the James Bond theme. So it was a nice little exchange. However, he breaks into the glass factory. And it turns out that the glass factory is...
1: Venetian glass. They're in Venice, by the way.
0: Yes, they're Venetian glass. And he sees some of Drax's goons. They chase him onto a gondola. He thinks he's escaping on the gondola. They try to kill him in a really weird gondola chase. It turns out that the gondola he's on is an MI6 souped-up super gondola, which has, like, on the side it has an engine Which that...
1: can also drive on land.
0: Yeah, it becomes a, uh, a hovercraft, just randomly. So he's driving in the middle of Venice on a hovercraft gondola. And as he's driving past... You see a guy drinking wine, and he stops and looks at the wine,
1: like, "Whoa, maybe this wine is too strong for me."
0: And it is once again the set director for Italy back again,
1: drinking wine.
0: His cameo again. I wish he showed up in other one drinking wine. The same just joke, but this is the outer space
1: drinking wine.
0: So he shows up later to investigate this hidden room that's inside of Venice. It turns out that there is a super secret lab that is experimenting on nerve gas that will kill anything except for animals yes it's like he gets one of the vials and then because he didn't put it back in the right place one of the doctors working on it knocked over the vial and it killed the doctor over and them. his assistant within seconds and James watches this and is like oh I this is dangerous
1: and he has another one in his breast pocket
0: However, as he's about to leave, Chang shows up and he starts to fight James. And they're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting. And then what does James do? And
1: literally every glass in this glass museum showcase room or whatever breaks.
0: The best part is that they said one is worth... um,
1: A million dollars. A million dollars.
0: And if you take it off of the stand...
1: It makes a sound. It'll make a
0: sound. So at one point, James goes, grabs it, lifts it off. The alarm goes off. They both stop, look at it. He puts it down, and then Chang throws James right onto it. And he just knocks it back off. He just knocks it. The weight is still on there, but it's broken. So they're fighting, and eventually they get on top of a building, and Chang is thrown off, and he gets killed. Which sucks.
1: Henchman does.
0: And this is on top of the St. Mark's clock tower, which is kinda cool. It's got an iconic space for Venice. So so far we've been to California and Venice. Where else we're we gonna go in this movie? We're Who knows?
1: To... Maybe after space. Who knows?
0: So as they're going away, she he ends up going to see Molly Goodhead, Holly Goodhead, whatever. <laughs> Goodhead. And he he deduces that she Doctor Goodhead. He, dedu- he deduces that she's actually a CIA agent who's investigating Drax. Now, how she could be a CIA agent with how dumb she's been?
1: Nobody knows!
0: And now, this is my point. you got to compare Goodhead with Triple X from the last movie. Or Frank! They're two completely different. They're two completely different. Spies like you could buy that Anya was a secret agent. This one, so she's much. a parody. Like she does the same things. Like she screws over Bond with little things, like saying, "Oh, I'm not going to Rio de Janeiro." But you see, her bags are packed, and there's a ticket on top saying, "Going to Rio de Janeiro." But it's not the same.
1: There's not that that sleuthiness. If that's even is that a word sleuthiness yes. and
0: not the spark.
1: The sleuthiness is missing.
0: It just It's not as good as, as the other one was. However, going back to the point, they end up going there. James has the proof that this biological virus is there and that Drax is involved. He ends up calling M. He ends up calling uh, the defense minister, Gray, there. And they end up going to this place. They break in. The room has been completely cleaned out, and it's now an office for Mr. Drax. Yeah, and he's like, "So you've come to give me an apology?" And immediately he's like, "I want James off the case. He's an idiot. He's embarrassed us." Mm-hmm. So Emma's like, "Listen, I know you're. I know you're onto something. I know he did something, but."
1: So then he gives him the gives James a, Bond gives him the vial and says, "This,
0: give this a cue. Don't drop it. It's mm-hmm. super deadly." And he's like, "So what are you going to do with your vacation?" He's like, "I think I'm going to go to Rio."
1: He's like, that's a great idea, James.
0: And says, don't don't mess this up. So, they're going to try to do this. They end up going to Rio. And as they're leaving to the Rio, goes back to Drax. And Drax is actually calling someone saying, I need a new henchman. Or, I need some more protection. Who would you recommend? And they're recommending someone to him. And he's like, oh, him. I've heard good things about him. So, ends up going back to Rio de Janeiro. And as they're going to go there, he ends up meeting his new contact who's going to show them Drax's uh, laboratory or lab. And as they're waiting there, looking at what's going on, seeing a bunch of, like, bits for the lab, who shows up in a bad uh, Rio de Janeiro Carnival costume?
1: Our, our favorite villain, Jaws.
0: Yeah, it's funny because he's going to kill uh, there's a Manuela.
1: Yes, there's a... He's. They're following down a lead, and there's this creepy, huge clown, and in this carnival um, parade, there's people dressed up, but it's like old school dress up outfits. So it's these huge paper paper mache heads. So there's this huge paper mache bobblehead clown that turns down the alleyway, looks in James Bond's direction, and decides to start walking their way. Like, creepy horror film yeah. opportunity. Not not
0: stopping, not just like kind of just meandering slowly. And Manuela, creepy clown. assistant, creepy clown. is watching. It's right. like, what the hell's going on? And then he just takes it off off the helmet. And you just see it's him looking just like, Hee. menacing.
1: Yeah.
0: And then he goes to do a signature, like, bite move on Manuela. And then suddenly one of the doors opens up.
1: And And all of the carnival people pop out like... they're all
0: completely drunk, having fun. So he stops and he's like going to stop by her. And he lifts her up and acts like they're dancing around. And they're dancing around. It was a good cover. It was a good cover, but then he stops and he's like... And they both kind of look like, did that really just happen? And he goes to bite her again. And then James falls down to, to jump on top of him to knock him out. But they end up getting a little scuffle. But then more people come out drunk and they stop. And the people that are dancing, they end up... Kind of, you know when you're standing in a crowd and they get swept up in the crowd? That's what happens to Jaws. And Jaws is like trying to get back to them. But then he just shrugs his shoulders and then just start dancing with them.
1: He's like, eh, ah, what am I going to do?
0: So I'm thinking he's going to have fun at Carnival. And we've discovered what's going on in Carnival. And it's going to be good of where it's going from here. Because he ends up beating...
1: So... so- our main villain had a compound in California. Keep up with me here. And then he had outsourced a lot of things in Venice. Now, James Bond discovered it. So, now he... Well,
0: the glass vials were made in Venice for, right. the, for the compound. So then and then another died... part was made in Rio de Janeiro.
1: So, right. So, but he was discovered in Venice, and then they packed that up. And it shipped out, right? They cleared it out. Now they're in Rio... And they're watching James Bond and Dr. Goodhead both see each other watching the planes taking off with the, you know, Drax industry written really back inside. So they're packing up out of Rio and going somewhere else. So it's like, huh. So something is going on behind them,
0: which is kind of cool, but it's just the meeting is kind of just random. And then from there, they have to go back to the airport. However, who's there again? Jaws. So they have another action sequence, but this action sequence is on top of a cable car. And while it should be really cool and inventive, it comes off kind of silly and dumb. Because My
1: favorite is one that there's two passing cable cars. And he's going to go jump from one to get to the other where James Bond and Dr. Goodhead are. So he, like, braces himself and jumps like he's going to jump up. And then... It's like paused and replay, and now he's landing on the other gondola.
0: It's like it's lovely heart. old school effects, yeah. And the best is when he's trying to stop the other because he has to stop one of the gondolas. And he first pulls it across. He stops the gears by biting off one of the wires and holding it. And then he lets go. It starts moving. They stops. They let's go. They stops. They like makes a motion. Of, like, I'm gonna he, catch he, it. Like, but...
1: Walks back and forth to it. And he's all like, "Gosh darn it! I pushed <laughs> you. Stay."
0: Yeah, and eventually he stays. They fight. Uh, James and Holly get off of the, the ghoul. They end up sliding down the wire using a chain. And meanwhile, the cable car that draws in smashes into the wall. And he survives. He's perfectly fine. But as he survives, he's getting the debris off him. And a girl comes up and helps him out. So they look does
1: he- this girl say anything?
0: No, but as they look at each does other... Does Jaws
1: say anything?
0: No, but you can tell...
1: Interesting. Because
0: you hear the Romeo and Juliet theme by Tchaikovsky, and you know that they're in love with <labels> each other, <tradicional labels> and they end up smiling <Zweck> dois, and holding hands and walking Well,
1: no, the best part is Jaws smiles, and it's his creepy mouth, and then the girl smiles, and it's like beautiful teeth. It's like...
0: So Jaws gets someone happy. Ugh. <sighs>
1: It's adorable.
0: So they end up falling in love, and because uh, you
1: didn't know you wanted the main villain to end up happy.
0: However, when this happens, Goodhead gets captured by Drax's forces, and Bond has to escape and go to the secret compound for for MI6, which is in a monastery. But when he shows up, he's wearing a dirty hairy uh, sombrero and poncho, just randomly. They don't explain how he just shows up. He's like, there. And as he walks into the MI6, you see these monks all going, Kia, Kia, doing all these martial arts. You see all the cool inventions. And then at a desk with a hat stand in the middle of a place where there shouldn't be a desk.
1: That's right. Money, penny.
0: Back again. And he ends up discovering that what's going on with uh, Q and M. They talk about what's going on. Turns out that the poison that he has was made from a rare orchid indigenous to the Amazon rainforest. So, he's going to go to the rainforest, find out what's happening, go to the base and save the day. Right? Dun,
1: dun, dun. Yes. However,
0: no. He gets captured by jaws, thrown into a pit with a python, which that fight scene is um a little much. I like much. when you
1: can see the python when it's real versus when it's not real. But my favorite thing is that he goes to this, he follows them in the middle of the jungle, goes to this mountain area cave thing, and now it's all... It's an old, like, Aztec-looking... Aztec is not the right thing.
0: No, it's an it's, it's Aztec-looking temple.
1: But So it's a, this ancient site. He walks in, and now it's all modern, and everything's fresh, and there's, like, this little stream through there. And every girl that he saw at, the, at Drax's compound is there.
0: And all the guys are there and they all look like Adonises and and they're all handsome men, handsome women, and then there's troll looking Drax there. And he actually does something kinda of cool for his his death trap. He takes he has Jaws take Goodhead and James and put them into a room which is supposed to be like a conference room, but in reality it's underneath a spaceship.
1: It's where the exhaust and flames fly out from the rocket booster
0: Yes, and we thing. discover what's going to happen. What They're going
1: to die.
0: Yes, they're going to be burned alive. But Drax's plan, his whole plan, is that he's going to take all the beautiful people that's with him and go into space. And then... They're going to live in space. And he's going to do this, and so he stole his own rocket because one of his rockets broke.
1: So he needed it back.
0: So the whole reason why they're looking for it was someone stole the rocket and who stole the rocket, but Drax did. And now he's going to take it back and go. And you discover what's happening is that there is going to be a huge... He's going to move his people to space and live in space. This doesn't sound oddly familiar. Hmm. I mean, wasn't there another individual who wanted to have everyone live in a secret place under the water? Huh. Huh. It's exactly the same plan as Stromberg. Except
1: Except this one wants to reproduce, wants to kill everybody in the world. ...on Earth and reproduce and send them down.
0: Only perfect genes will No, and you know, the other guy just wants to live under the sea and kill everybody on, on, above the right, ground. Right, he just wants
1: to be in the sea. This guy wants to be like him, but mixed in with a little bit of Hitler.
0: No, so did the other guy. The other guy wanted to nuke everybody because World War Three. This guy's a little more benign. He doesn't want to kill the animals. Um... His, his goal is this virus, which doesn't kill animals, but kills human. He's going to release it into the atmosphere in a bunch of spheres. When they release, it'll kill everybody off. And then in two generations, him and his super people can come down and save the day. That's his plan. And, and Bond and uh, Goodhead get into a fight. They escape because they kind of trap Jaws into the room. And in order for them all to survive, they have to kind of work together. At this point, Jaws is kind of being a little bit like he's well. They came back and hesitating. They said
1: he's already proven that he only wants perfect people. But then there's Jaws and Jaws' girlfriend, and they don't look like everybody else. But this point- so James psychologically messes with him and says, "So how come you're here? Because you're not like everybody else." And he figures it out and he's like, "No, Jaws, you can see the wheels turn." He's like, "Well, I want to live with my girlfriend."
0: Yeah. So at this point, they go t- on the Moonraker Six into space, and they see this super city-like space station, which really does not look really like cool, but it's hidden from radar by a cloaking device. But it did
1: look realistic.
0: Yeah, because they expl- one of the things that they did that was kind of cool is they explain how artificial gravity works by turning by causing motion in the ship. I actually kind of like that. That's kind of accurate. So. They're now on the space station, so their goal is they have to stop all the viruses, disable the ram- the jamming device, and they're going to have to get message out to the various people who have spaceships to come there and save the day.
1: Because, like, five spaceships went up, and it's only James and Dr. Goodhead... Maybe Jaws and his girlfriend against the rest of everybody there. Like, no, they need backup. They need more astronauts to show up. Have the space shuttle magically open from the top like an open face sandwich. Let all of them out to fight the good fight, and then have them all go back in and go back home. It leads to like a... it's like a thirty-minute drive away, you know.
0: Yeah, it's it's completely just what the hell. But it becomes a huge fight sequence that's. Like, they wanted to emulate the fight sequence from Thunderbolt in space. Mixed with the fight sequence in The Spy Who Loved Me in, in space. space. But instead of them making it interesting, it's like they're wearing spacesuits and their lasers are on their chest. It's not like laser guns. It's they have, like, a chest thing on their vest that shoots out lasers and goes... <laughs>
1: Yeah, but they should say pew 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 pew, but they don't say pew pew. They say tink tink or something else that's horrible.
0: And it just just gets ridiculous.
1: Don't get me wrong, I enjoyed this movie. It's, I just challenged a, a lot of things. A dumb,
0: thing. dumb. So it ends up where Bond is saving the day, he goes up against Drax. Drax is gonna run to his personal escape pod, save the day. And before he was gonna space out Bond, he was gonna space him. And
1: because why not?
0: Hey, it's it's a good way it's a good way to die. So what happens is that James uses his dart gun because they didn't take it off because it's part of his watch. Shoots the poison dart into Drax. Drax gets poisoned, but beforehand he opens up this he locks him in the airlock and spaces him out. And then Goodhead's like, "What happened to Drax?" And he's like, "He took his one small step for mankind." <laughs> However, three things. One, the ship, the space station has been completely destroyed and it's falling apart. And they only have, they have to get off the ship because all the Americans got on their ship and left. And they have to get off. And Dolly and Jaws are also on the space station. So what are they going to do? They have to get to the Moonraker 5, which is um, Drax's personal ship because it has a laser on it. Now, why do they have to do this? Because some of the satellites got released, and they're going to go use the satellites uh, to track to be tracked, and they're going to shoot down the satellites and save the day because Drax's spaceship has a laser. If that makes any sense, sounds well, sounds ridiculous.
1: It's not unlike the laser that we saw on with Knickknack.
0: Yeah, but not as good. Not as good. Either way. Long story short, James has to save the day. He's got a couple minutes before it enters the Earth's atmosphere. First one, no problem. Second one, kind of makes it. And third one, it's the last second it does it. And while this is going on, Jaws has found Dolly. They're in a ship that's going to crash, and maybe they're going to die in it. And what happens?
1: He also magically, at the right moment, right next to where they're standing, finds a bottle of champagne.
0: He does that because it's apparently they're going to have a party afterwards. So he finds it, pops it open with his teeth, pours them both some champagne. And then in a very non-Jaws voice, a very eloquent voice, he says, Well, here's to us.
1: It, it was quite eloquent.
0: It's just a nice scene because it's like J- Jaws is such a bad guy, but then he just has a, well, we're going to die anyway, so here's to us.
1: Like, cheers.
0: It was nice. I think it was nice. So they survive. They're fine. They're rescued by the Marines. Um, Bond is kind of rescued because they like with all Bond movies. For some reason, the British intelligence has a connection in, wire into the villain's ship, and it goes to the well. Let's congratulate Commander Bond and Bond and her are making out, and then in
1: space.
0: And Q says the best thing possible, which is like, so what's what is he doing? He's like, and bon, and Q's like, I think he's attempting re-entry. <laughs> James sees the camera's on and turns it off. And that's the end of another Bond movie. Now...
1: Do you know what I have to say about it?
0: I can agree with that. It's a Bond movie. It's got. It's ridiculous, it's crazy, but this is the beginning of the ridiculous, insane situation. It's
1: like, ridiculous, like, that's what you want and out of a like, that's what you think about spies. They're doing things that look like everyday things, like walking around with an umbrella and a briefcase, and in reality, they just killed, with the umbrella, the guy that could have dominated the world and well, saved you... you, but you never know.
0: No, that was the last movie was like that. This one was kind of like, we're going to be crazy and weird, because we're going to be crazy and weird, it'd be over... Like, it's cool that they got to go to all the really cool places. That was kind of awesome. They went to Rio de Janeiro.
1: They went to Venice.
0: That was awesome. Um, the fact that they had Jaws do the hero turn, the reason why for that was because a bunch of kids were writing letters, how come Jaws is a baddie? Because Jaws was a kid favorite. So the kids loved Jaws. So That's why they wanted him to become a good guy. Because the kids... Overall, this film... It's just not as good as the other ones. I'm say, oh, it's great. And this is the, the James Bond film that was the highest uh, grossing film until Goldeneye. Which I'm, it's mind-boggling how the hell that happened. I don't understand how that happened. I mean, maybe because of the whole space angle and because Star Wars, Star Trek. Well, this is Moonraker. It's James Bond in space.
1: Because there's a whole space movement. And, I'll think about all the kids now are watching Star Wars and liking the whole space thing. And they have Jaws, who's such a cool henchman.
0: That is true. A little, so that is part which makes sense. Now, the villain is terrible. His, his, his plan is just a shitty rip-off of Stromberg's. He looks like he stole Emilio Largo's wardrobe because he's just wearing a single shirt. With his Hitler mustache. With his, like, that is his, his Sniley whip his mustache and long hair. And just, he's not an imposing threat.
1: No, he's very calm. Even though they try to make him look scary when he's, like, calculated. Like, the way he trained his dogs. Like, there's a scene in his mansion where they come out with steaks for these Doberman, scary-looking dogs. And they throw the stakes in front of them and they don't do anything. And then he snaps his finger and then they eat. Like, he's supposed to be, like, all-controlling all-powerful, but he's not that scary.
0: He doesn't come across as it. He comes across as a third-rate villain. He honestly does. Yeah. I mean, he's not as terrible as some of the other villains that are to come, but he's not great. Like, right now, as villains go, he's pretty low at this point. I mean, he might be a little better than Ilma Blunt. Uh, not Ilma Blunt. Um, uh, uh, Klebb. He might be a little better than Kleb. But Cleb was, like, working for Spectre, had her own agenda. But this guy's feels
1: like a little bit of Spectre in there.
0: But there's no Spectre. It's just this guy's just doing it for himself because oh. of reasons. And it's just, we saw this done better. We mm-hmm. saw this done better. They could have done so much more. Like, he could have been, like, already with the moon base, something else. They could have said he was up there for, to make a super weapon, he was going to hold the man. Something. No, it's just. Poison virus. Blah. Ancient.
1: Poison virus.
0: It just—we're
1: not rooting. Just to clarify, at least I'm not rooting for the villain to. Win. I'm not
0: rooting for the villain to win. I just—I want a compelling reason for it, and just this one is not. It's not just that. Another thing we're going to go with the scene: uh, our our heroine, our Bond girl. There were three Bond girls in this movie. There was his pilot, there was the girl in Rio de Janeiro, and then there's Holly Goodhead.
1: And frankly, the pilot was probably the best actress out of all three of them.
0: Yeah. She was, not so was Manuela. I would have liked her to be the Bond girl, but no, they have Dr. Holly Goodhead because the pun name. Ha 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 ha. It's like...
1: In my opinion, feel free to disagree with me, she wasn't even the most beautiful
0: No, she wasn't. She
1: was very one dimensional, didn't deliver Mm -hmm. lines well enough. And totally not believable some like
0: Astronaut CIA agent?
1: Doctor astronaut CIA agent. It did NASA trained.
0: Yeah, no. She just was not a good fit to it. Now there are a lot of elements now we've been bragging about this movie. But there's some really good elements about it, too, like the little attention to detail with little things. Like the whole, like I said, the space station having to turn in order to make the artificial gravity, and they stop it, and then everything, the gravity goes off.
1: And the signal jamming beacon.
0: That sequence. You have the it's opening sequence. one
1: button that you have to push to turn yeah. off, by yeah. the way.
0: Well, the opening sequence in the, with the parachute, well done. You have the fight sequence with the boats, which is... And the stuff! Stop- they were great, they just
1: didn't look like the actors they were supposed to be stunting for.
0: Yeah. And you had an imposing villain who, if they didn't kill off Chang, he would have been a great henchman, but they wanted Jaws back. Mm-hmm. so for, And for the soundtrack, eh, this had a lot of classical music in it. it also had, like I said, the theme from do 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 from Close Cows of the Third Kind. And also, there's when he first shows up in the, the gaucho gear at MI6, they begin playing the Magnificent Seven theme song. So, yeah, they just, it's not, it's a lot of their own music. It's not like the other ones, it's Bond music, but it fits. It's like, okay, we're going to play the theme song in various different versions, but it kind of works its own way. This is just kind of, eh, we're, we're giving up on that. We're going to do our own thing.
1: I mean, it's good music. It just doesn't tie in with the movie how the other ones did. we were set up with high expectations where the songs tie back, where you hear the um, underneath the mango tree, like throughout the thing, like you, you tie it back. And this just felt like good music that we can use in a Bond film.
0: And the score, uh, one of the things is that John Barry, the guy who's been doing the score since the beginning, got rid of the brass. He's going to use strings instead for Yeah, it, and the that's
1: sh- what it is. Because <laughs> it's it's unmistakably trumpets and the horn section that make it feel like James Bond.
0: And this is just st- some strings. so He
1: tried to make it too... Like, strings usually make it feel more highbrow, but... You need the ba da ba da da. You need the trumpets. You need the horns. Yeah. You need Louis Armstrong.
0: You do. So this is it's it's silly. It's silly.
1: Highly entertaining. I felt that it was highly entertaining. It is,
0: it is. It's an entertaining film. Not
1: the worst Bond movie.
0: No, it's not. But, but it's
1: not the best.
0: It's not the best. I mean, where we're at right now, it's it's low on there, but it's not the lowest at this point.
1: One of the fan favorites villains for henchmen, because all the kids like Jaws.
0: Yeah, like this is so far the campiest of all the Bond movies, especially the scene of him just driving the the
1: oh totally the
0: gondola on the street. This is super campy.
1: Totally, I my favorite is when it turns into the hovercraft and goes up onto the streets in Venice. That the bad guys chasing him in another boat kind of throw their hands down like, Ah, shucks, we missed him. Like, they had machine guns. They shouldn't have failed. And yet somehow, they did. But the ah, shucks moment was hilarious
0: to me. Yeah. So, overall of our rating system, I'm going to have to give this one a worth watching once on DVD (laughs) or streaming. Or if it's in theaters, watch it once. It's worth watching once.
1: It's totally worth watching once. But you're good.
0: Yeah, I don't think you need to... Um,
1: Make sure you have popcorn. Put something yeah. in it. So you can like look for M&M's downtime.
0: If you do want to see a parody of this, watch Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. That's a total parody of this that does it a lot better and more a interesting. A lot better, yeah. That's the truth. So, I guess as if it it's episode, um, let us know what you guys think. You could email us at zan that's xan, at spyharkin.com or sparkin at gmail.com. Comment on Facebook, on Twitter. Let us know what you think, if you think this is one of the better films. And now, the random question of the day is going to be, do you like that James Bond didn't have a gun in this one, that he used the wrist blaster? Do you think that should have been his thing the entire time? Like he has like a gadget main weapon? Like, oh, it's a briefcase, but the briefcase turns out to be a gun. Like El uh, Mariachi, or like he has glasses that are lasers. Do you want that instead of him using a gun? Or do you prefer Bond with the Walther PPK or PP7? Let us know.
1: Yeah. I also feel like there should have been different sound effects for the laser guns in outer space. That's just me. Yes. I'm a fan of the pew 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 pew.
0: I agree with you. So, with that in mind, I've been Zan. I'm Greta. Keep watching Bond movies, keep being awesome, and have a great evening. See you.
2: But you are
3: most exotic locations on Earth, Moonraker will transport you to another world. Trifle overpowering, your scent. Holly was a warm girl, with the right connections. Could
2: this possibly be the moment for us to pool our resources?
3: We would be better off working together more excitement more thrills more spills and guess who's dropped in for a bite jaws is back <laughs> Earth to the most spectacular adventure in space, Moonraker. It's out of this world. What exactly do you want to here, Moonraker 1, liftoff. Moonraker 2, liftoff. Moonraker 3, liftoff. Moonraker 4, liftoff. City in space. James Bond and the treacherous Dr. Goodhead. Despite your efforts, my finely wrought dream approaches its fulfillment.
2: comes to him.